I know. I want to lay back on the bed. If I'm on oh, a bed, I might as noise. well. <laughs> Sorry. You're going to recline like it's freaking Passover here while recording this? No, I have several pillows behind me. I'm like... No, I didn't. No, I'm not angry at you. I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great idea. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Book Retorts. I'm Sam. I'm Danielle. And this is the podcast about sharing your weird media finds with your friends who don't know what you're talking about. And I don't know what you're talking about. Is it Hyperion, Sam? It is not. So we're taking a brief... Yeah, I know. <laughs> we're taking a brief break from Hyperion, but I guess I just can't stay away from the convoluted time traveling well, Danielle, because I have brought you... Short story by Dan Simmons. No, I, I, that'd be awesome. But I mean, that's pretty much the first book in the Hyperion stage with some of the short stories by Dan Simmons. No, I have brought you the 2002 direct-to-VHS DVD movie, Cinderella 2, Dreams Come True. Ah! <laughs> We're going to try to unpick the convoluted timeline and how this fits into the larger Cinderella direct-to-video canon with Cinderella 3, A Twist in Time. Is this the, is this the one with the step... What's her name? Anastasia? And her I mean, life? Oh, Danielle, we will get to all of it. Because <laughs> I did fall down that well, but I don't I remember any details. I know. This is really your fault because you brought this know, up. I'm like, well, I guess I, I have to do it. I read one little tidbit and it just opened up an entire world of possibility. And I was very confused. <laughs> yeah, no, I was very confused when I watched this movie too. And now I'm going to make you more confused. I'm looking forward to it. So, you know, as is tradition, we usually have a short description for you to read, but I'm going to eschew that, which will be obvious for the reasons why in a moment. But instead, why don't you give us a brief summary, oh. just the briefest summary of Cinderella 3, so we can understand this movie's context in the larger Cinderella canon slash timeline. Isn't it the same one that you had me do in that one of our short episodes, uh, flashback I episodes? don't remember, Danielle, but hey, if you don't <laughs> remember either. I didn't know then either. <laughs> All right, Cinderella 3, Twist in Time. I think it is. I think you're absolutely right. So you should be fresh up. Just give (laughs) us a a reminder to our our lovely listeners so they understand where we're going with this. If you haven't listened to the episode, uh, it's crazy. Okay, so Cinderella recently married, correct? Uh, No, they've been married for a year. Oh, okay. I think I said that last time, too, and it was wrong. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So married for a year. Um, Oh, God. Why is this so hard? (laughs) All right. I'm gonna There's give, a magic to, wand. Anastasia yes. gets a hold of the magic yes. wand. She decides to change time. No. Her mom's, her stepmom decides, or her yes. mom decides that they should change the like history, the Cinderella history to, by yes, making so this, the prince forget about her. How that kind of, oh, sort of. The wicked stepmother goes back in time to. Before they met? To the point where they're trying on the glass slippers. That's right, and they so get Anastasia. Can, For whatever yes. reason, they choose Anastasia over Lucilla, yes. which was a terrible decision. And yeah. Anastasia tries on the slipper and it fits or whatever. They make it's, it fit, yeah. Yeah, so they end up, she ends up being the, even though she doesn't look anything like Cinderella, she ends up being the princess. <laughs> Very is face blindless. Well, no, because then, well, we had Prince face blindless, but then the wicked stepmother does change his memory, so he forgets about Cinderella, so... 
Right. And then Cinderella acts as a mouse catcher uh, trying to get to the prince. <laughs> We're just way too much detail. That's true. Let's just skim over all of this to, the, to like the, the conclusion here because now that all that's really filler. Okay. Um, she, what happens at the end? <laughs> so Anastasia is about to marry the prince. But remember, my favorite part, the sweet stepmother put a little switcheroo by turning Drusilla into... Anastasia, Cinderella. like to make her look like it. Oh, Drusilla into Anastasia to make her look like it? Yeah, because she's like, oh, Anastasia's not going along with this plan. It's only turn Drusilla into Anastasia so that I'll have my puppet do the part instead of using Drusilla to do it in the first place. It's great. Right. right. And they're about to get married, but Cinderella shows up. No, no but she's Anastasia on a stops them. Anastasia stops them. Cinderella's on a boat, right? Uh, well, she gets back. The prince saves her. The prince has already saved her by now before the marriage? Yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah. Are you sure? Why would he save yeah. this random woman from a boat if he's getting married to someone else? Oh, How gosh. is that emotionally logical, Sam? <laughs> no, 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 because, no. yeah, he saved her from the boat, brought her back, and then the stepmother put her into the carriage and sent her off. And then she escaped the carriage and now is back. Okay, well, she's back and everything gets turned back around, except not because the uh, fairy godmother is like, oh, by the way, you're now you're living there in this is. timeline. <laughs> Yeah, she's like, hey, do you want me to, like, undo the last, you know, few, like, take us back to the original timeline and undo all this weird time travel shenanigans? And everyone's like, what are you talking about? We don't have the sixth dimensional sense that you do as a magical being. And she's like, never mind, we're just going to stay in this messed up timeline. Which is insane. Absolutely insane. Yeah. So that's the context I want to put Cinderella 2 in, is that there is a weird bifurcated timeline that this may or may not fit into. Perfect. I hope so, everybody understood know. my summary. I know that was fantastic. <laughs> it was, again, it was enough. <laughs> it was enough. If you want to know more and get in more detail and have this be more coherent, maybe, listen to the episode. It's great. It is a good one. It's one of our most listened to ones for reasons unknown. Because <laughs> it's Cinderella 3, Danielle. What's up the love? <laughs> That's true. I also really appreciate them doing them out of order because... <laughs> Even better. Yeah. All right. So let's get right into Cinderella 2. Dreams come true. Yay! We open with a shot of the castle, and the title appears in a swirl of magic. Very low effort. Cut to Gus and Jack, hurrying through the castle to see the fairy godmother, who is visiting to read them the Cinderella story. Which, what? It's a book? It's a book? Yeah, they publish yeah, it yeah. as a book? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, first off, the fairy godmother has nothing better to do than to hang around with these mice reading them stories, because she's not a magical being who has a mission to help helpless people, I guess. But also... They live that story. It's literally their lives. <laughs> why are they going to hear, like, the fairy godmother read them the book? And also, why is it a book? I'll get into that more later because it comes up. But what? What has happened? I'm already Maybe confused. Disney got involved. <laughs> <laughs> However, first they have to sneak by a cat. This time, though, it's not Lucifer. It's a Persian named Pom Pom. Pom Pom. Who will feature heavily in this movie for reasons that are mostly about making sure it can reach its 80 minute runtime <laughs> maybe i should name my cat pom-pom sam okay danielle you're just like <laughs> a, a, a three-year-old every time you hear someone, oh that's the next thing i'm gonna do that's the next thing the, the attention span of a gnat now i just say it to mess with you <laughs> i know but i'm still gonna uh, apply that to you one of these days it's gonna bite you in the butt maybe i don't know how i mean who cares what i name my cat <laughs> so my that question has, that is, has a name <laughs> yeah several probably <laughs> So my question is, why does Cinderella, who has mouse friends that she knows are sentient, also have a cat in her castle that is a danger to them and is actively trying to murder them? That's a great question. Maybe she's not aware of it. I'm just thinking she sucks. <laughs> Maybe it's funny. 
Maybe it's like late night television for her. I'm just saying, like, they could tell her, hey, Cinderella, your cat's trying to murder us. Could you do something about it? Like, even just separating them. Like, you don't have to, like, get rid of the cat. Just put it somewhere else. That's true. Anyway, Cinderella's a bad friend. <laughs> yeah, bad Cinderella. No biscuit. Anyway, we spend way too long seeing these mice navigate the castle to the library room where the fairy godmother is sitting, reading a book out loud saying, Cinderella and the prince lived happily ever after, just as Gus and Jack enter the room. Which is otherwise empty except for a bunch of other mice on the table. Okay, I have a theory about Gus and Jack. Please. I think that she is actually actively trying to kill them because they're some of the, they are possibly, besides the fairy godmother, the only remaining people who know how she got hooked the prince. Well, there's a lot more than that because there's all the mice, not just Gus and Jack. There's also the birds, the the blue birds. Blue birds can't really talk to anybody else. The mice are a lot more sentient than the birds ever were. That's true. And we'll get into that too. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just putting it out there that she can't really do anything to the fairy godmother. Fairy godmother has magic. She can't take out the mice accidentally quote-unquote to be fair what we learned from cinderella three is the fairy godmother does not have magic her wand has magic That's all she needs to do is get a hold of that wand and she got all the power <laughs> she should really try harder yeah right like she's saying she's trying to cover up the crime of her marrying a prince so so far in the story we have no idea which timeline they're in correct or even a timeline <laughs> <laughs> okay i mean to be fair this movie supposedly takes place or at least it was released before cinderella three so i, I guess they're assuming there's only one timeline in it so anyway, the fairy godmother is reading the story to the mice, the same mice she abused and I believe turned into horses or whatever without their consent back in the original story. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I'm surprised there's more resentment towards the fairy godmother from the mice. They seem pretty excited about being horses. Yeah, that's <laughs> and, true. And humans. How much would it suck to be a human for like, you know, two hours and then be like, just getting your mouse? <laughs> oh, Danielle, have you ever seen this movie? No. Are they mad about about it? Oh, that's so sad. No, 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 no. You'll see. But that's a very prescient observation. (laughs) So the fairy godmother ends the story. Jack and Gus are distraught that they missed it and ask if she can read another one. I missed the story about my life. I missed the story I literally lived and is not that long ago. (laughs) And the fairy godmother's like, nope, that's the only Cinderella book there is. Which, boy, A, does that mean there are no other stories that exist besides Cinderella's story? And B, I cannot emphasize enough that Cinderella is a real human being in this world. Did she like strike a book deal after hooking up with the prince? Like, here's my story. Immediately after, too. Like, this is, I imagine she still looks fairly young. It's not like it's years in the future. Or I have another theory, which is do you think this was a vanity publication where the, like, the prince pulled some strings to get her autobiography published? Like, hey, buddy. Can you do me a favor? I know no one else cares, but if you'd publish my wife's book, I'd really appreciate it. She'd get off my back about this. It would just make her really happy. Also, I'm the prince, so I can execute you. So make it happen. That could happen. Maybe the fairy godmother (laughs) created it because she felt like she couldn't do better than Cinderella. Like Cinderella married a prince. She was like, that is my masterpiece. I'm doing a book. She sold the story. I like to imagine this autobiography is like a a self-help type story about like Cinderella's story. The, the shoe that fits or like finding the white <laughs> slipper, something like that. Some like, you know, banal platitude for a title that like is, you know, finding the inner prince or whatever. It's something it. dumb like That's that. That's why I think the fairy, I'm I'm convinced now the fairy godmother did it. She's trying to sell her services. Yeah, it just looks kind of weird. Yeah. Like, play, <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, it's great. I think the, we're all bored. This is a kind of scam. Great. <laughs> Promotional thing. We are like three minutes into the movie. Didn't I'm know. sorry. Carry on. <laughs> no, I'm not. This is not your fault. This is this movie's fault for being absolutely bonkers and saying the universe where Cinderella has published her own story. <laughs> or someone has without her consent, which is even worse. Anyway, 
Then Gus has the brilliant idea that maybe they could write another Cinderella book, like a Cinderella sequel book. And all the mice are immediately on board with this writing fanfic about their very real actual friend and illustrating it. (laughs) That's so weird. Yeah. So Jack reasonably asks, who would ever read a book written by mice? And the fairy godmother says, well, obviously Cinderella would. And I'm not sure if that's an insult to Cinderella or not. (laughs) Um... How do can they write? How do they how do they plan to publish this? Oh oh boy, we're gonna get into that too. Are they gonna actually write a book? They, they, mm, so the very good one. There's things the bippity boppity boo reprise to transform random objects like a mouse jacket into a book cover, and then like gets a bunch of blank sheaf of paper, and, like shoves it in there, and the mice start sewing it together as a binding mm-hmm. and like illustrating it, like drawing children's pictures. And I guess the very godmother is going to magic in the words. It's not clear how this book is getting written, <laughs> but the mice are mostly doing arts and crafts around it. <laughs> I have so many questions. <laughs> Yeah, no. Uh, so do I, Danielle. And this movie has none of the answers for you. No. Not when it comes to the logistics of mice publishing books. <laughs> I'm just going to have to go with it, aren't I? Unfortunately, because there is no answer. All right. So the fairy godmother insists the mice must write the story themselves. And they decide to go with Cinderella's first day in the castle as their starting point of the book. Which, honestly, is not a bad idea. If it's like Cinderella having to confront the reality of Prince No Name, not just as a blank slate she danced with one night, but literally like living with him and seeing him as a fully functional human being, probably with some disgusting habits. And now she's trying to like figure out, is this the right place for me? Did I make a wrong decision? Should I go back to my abusive family? Or is this like my only way out is you know, submitting to the stranger I barely know? I mean, can she actually back out of the... It's too late, isn't it? I, Danielle, that's a really good question. Unfortunately, this story is not interested in dealing with any of those big questions and instead skips right over all that. Yeah, it really feels like if you're already married to the prince and in the castle, you're screwed if you don't like them. <laughs> like, you don't get like, they're born divorces. <laughs> well, here's the thing that I think is crazy, and we'll get to it, is that they get married before she ever sees the castle, which I think is wild. Yeah, that is crazy. So, you know, I, I think that like, if it was her first day before they got married, like, oh, it's the day after, like, the slipper fitting and she's finally moving out and now it's like, oh, this is real. That would be cool. This is not that. Oh, unfortunate. Anyway, we fade into the servants cleaning the castle. It's right after the wedding. And I guess it's not about Cinderella's first day in the castle, but about the mice's first day in the castle. Where, did they get married in the castle? No. They got married in, like, a church somewhere in the I have town. no idea. Where did she get, get ready? The did she I actually live in her sketchy basement <laughs> until the And then they, like, pulled her out and they're like, okay, let's go over to the church and get ready. <laughs> Good. We'll get to that. The mice are bored since Cinderella and the prince were presumably out on their honeymoon when the prince and Cinderella just arrive home. Cinderella is astounded she's going to be living in the castle, so I guess it's also her first day in the castle, which is wild they already got married. The timeline, as you point out, is bonkers because did she, like, go from the shoe fitting to the marriage to the honeymoon and they didn't ever stop, like, by the castle or have any, like, downtime, like, all over, like, three hours of, like, a weird shotgun wedding, like, super fast? Like, it's crazy, this timeline. And she was briefly in the castle, wasn't she, when she danced? But probably just in that section. Right. But she's not like, this is her first day living in the castle, right. like, not just visiting. So It really feels I like... I know, Danielle. Like, it's not like she was living in a lovely home prior to that. Like, you feel like you, they probably would have moved her out of that until the wedding. I mean, it's a pretty nice manor. She was just in the basement of it. No, no like, but the, like, the, I don't... They're not going to, like, the pull basement. her she's up. She's like a and, tower or whatever. Or yeah, they're not going to pull her up and, like, let her stay in a room or something. What happened to the sibling, sisters? Are they eyes pecked out? I mean, what was the ending no. of the original Cinderella? <laughs> you mean the cartoon or the original, like... That was story. the original story, I'm pretty yeah, yeah, sure. I don't know what happened to, at the end of the original they, Cinderella. I think they have their, like, they have to dance 
till they die because like, their feet they, they had to cut off their heels and toes to fit into the shoes mm-hmm. and then there's and birds. then like the eyes get plucked out their eyes and they have to like they're forced to dance until they die or something like that yeah it's it very grim but yeah. um, but the what, that's not what happens obviously in the disney in version. the disney version no oh no obviously they just sort of say about their lives living in the manor with their wicked stepmother or yeah. i, guess their wicked I just mother. can't imagine they were like that she comfortably was living in a bedroom now in the manor yeah no uh she definitely i don't again i can only presume after the shoe fitting they immediately took her got her married in like an hour and then <laughs> had a had a honeymoon where they consummated the marriage and then brought her back in just a whirlwind of events to make sure she couldn't back out or something. Maybe he was hardcore about it. Like they are set, were setting up the church as they were going door to door to find the person who fit the shoe. Or it could be like those people who are, you know, super into absence before marriage and then they all get married really young so they can actually have sex and they all regret it. Yeah, it's quite possible. And the person's like, I really got to get laid. If only we're going to do is get back getting married, we're going to get married right now. <laughs> I highly doubt that was not really a thing back then. And again, I'm not saying everyone who waits until marriage is miserable with their marriage. I'm just saying it is something that happens more often than would otherwise happen if people weren't pressuring themselves in certain ways. Probably. So, you know, just be healthy. Except that didn't happen back then with males, at least. And the females no, were often virtual, of but the males were definitely yeah. not. I'm sure the prince got around prior to Cinderella. Yeah, well, you know, patriarchy. Let's not forget <laughs> the time period that this takes place in. All right. So the king, meanwhile, is distressed that Cinderella knows nothing about being a princess. And again, uh, to your point, what's there to know when there's this giant patriarchy in place? Her whole, you know, the reason she's even picked by the prince is because of her looks and nothing about her skills as a diplomat or something. Maybe they had a very deep discussion in their three hours at the ball, Sam. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you know what? Release the uncut, the Snyder cut of Cinderella and prove me wrong. <laughs> and so the king assigns a stern headmistress type named Prudence, of course, to teach her. Not good, I guess, that he's not just like throwing her in the deep end. I mean, he is, but at least there's yeah. a little bit of <laughs> So also the king has said that the royal banquet is now Cinderella's responsibility. Prudence is a gas. Apparently this is a big deal, the royal banquet, I, I guess. You're like, welcome to the, the castle. You're in charge of the banquet. <laughs> yeah, which is different than the ball, which was earlier, like three days ago, apparently, based on this timeline. <laughs> banquet seems to involve a lot of food, yes, I hope. Of course. So we cut to Cinderella, who admits she knows nothing about planning a royal banquet to the prince. Why would but she? Quits. She's yeah. lived in like a tower. Yeah. Yeah, but then she quips, well, at least I can stay past midnight this time, yuck, yuck. Hey. Hey, Cinderella's got the jokes. <laughs> See, she's got wit, humor. She's yeah, beautiful. Yeah. She's funny, smart, probably. <laughs> Lives with mice, lets mice like crawl over her and sleep in her bed with her. Speaks you know, to sanitary. animals. Totally sane. Mm. Yeah, right. <laughs> Wasn't abused to the point of insanity by her family. Not in therapy. It'll be fine. There's a really dark viewing of this story where that this is all Cinderella's dark fantasy and that after her mind broke after being abused so much by her family, like all of the talking mice and stuff is just like made up in her head. The Cinderella in general story? Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's entirely possible. Yeah. All right. Well, that's for someone else to figure out, not us. <laughs> Disney, call me for Cinderella 4. We're taking this at face value. <laughs> yeah. So the, the prince promises to help, but oh no, the king and him are going away on some important matters of state. Details unknown after he's been with his bride all three hours. What the heck, man? Prince and no guess name. What? Guess what? The banquet is two days away. No, it's what? They haven't even two started days. preparation. Not like anybody in the interim yes? was like dealing with this. This is my two, like, do you haven't like figured this out yet? And it's too, like, this banquet should already be like 
finished being planned at this point. There's nothing left to plan at two days for the banquet. It should be done. <laughs> like, what was their plan if they got delayed or their ship was late? There was a storm. Like, they didn't make it back on time. Who was planning the banquet in her absence? <laughs> oh, I mean, Prudence apparently is the one who always plans the banquets. But they're like, yeah, you can figure it out in two days. Prudence is fine. <laughs> Surprise! Yeah, I guess it's just, you know, their normal M.O. to plan banquets in a few days and to be fair they seem to have so many banquets and feasts and fairs and festivals that there's only like a day or two between any of them it seems because based on this timeline again it's mere days a week at most since the ball all right so they have to plan a banquet yeah so prudence who always plan the banquet is like hey you want me just to do it like i always do and the king's like nope you gotta show cinderella how to do it which again should be fine if Cinderella, all she has to do is do whatever Prudence tells her to. Like, hey, what, you know, carpet do we need? Okay, you know Prudence, just pick the right one. Like, she has literally nothing to do but, like, shadow her like an intern or something. This feels like, if this is such a big deal, this banquet yeah. thing, yeah. this feels like something that they'd have to, like, order stuff. It'd have to be sh- yes. literally shipped there. Like, you think they li- have to, like, literal ships. <laughs> decorating <laughs> like, things, building like, things, cooking. You'd ha- Yeah, you'd have to let, like, the staff know about cooking. You'd probably have to let producers in the... Um, city like the village know so they could get like, enough like supplies to feed bread the, yeah like pastries, a, millions whatever. of extra yeah, people yeah. that are on your property like that seems wild to me that's something I, you'd plan you're, you're for still for hung months. up on the two-day ha- I, uh, uh, timeline aren't you <laughs> yeah it's no. just as unrealistic sam and who's ever planned a party knows that two days is bonkers like even a small party like that's insane dinner it's, party let alone a giant giant party yeah no this, this is the worst run kingdom in the in the world perfect <laughs> least, all right yeah. I'll let it go. Continue. Yeah, I mean, there's no other way to do it because this is happening. <laughs> so anyway, the prince and king ride off if the prince is hanging off the outside of the carriage because there's no room inside for him. <laughs> oh, no. Back at the castle, the mice find Cinderella and offer to help her plan. The next morning, Cinderella is already down in the kitchen making herself an omelet, and Prudence is distraught because she can't find Cinderella anywhere. Where is the princess? And then she mistakes Cinderella herself for a scullery maid, and then it's like, oh, wait, you're Cinderella. I'm sorry. Uh, let me introduce you to your ladies-in-waiting. We have Beatrice and Daphne. That didn't happen like the night she came in. Nope. And nobody said to her, you know, Beatrice will be in at six nope. to help you get dressed nope. and fed. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Again, worst run, worst run kingdom in the world. It's like the most chaotic kingdom. And oh, there's a joke I have later that's going to be great at the very end of this. <laughs> Prudence, what are you doing? So Daphne and Beatrice are very excited for the breakfast Cinderella's baking. She's like, oh, would you like breakfast? Like, oh, you have breakfast? We love breakfast. But Prudence quickly shuts that down. It's like, a princess can't make her own food. And you have to get dressed properly. You can't be out here in this, you know, scullery made attire. Part of the story arc, Prudence, like, chilling out a little bit. <laughs> oh, Danielle. Duh. <laughs> and she's so like, okay, she's like, okay, let me instruct you in all the ways of the castle, because it's not your fault you don't know what to do here, which, fair, it's, it's not. True. It's not. I agree. Can't believe the prince left her. What a jerk face. Well, I mean, her father, his father made him, which, again, also- Also a jerk very, face. <laughs> uh, also, again, patriarchy, Dan. Now, remember the time period. No. Cut to prudence, forcing Cinderella to a corset and hoop skirt, which Cinderella is none too thrilled about. That's fair. I wouldn't be either. Yeah, she's not happy getting her hair all done up, and she's like, this is uncomfortable. Do I have to wear this all the time? They're like, yes. Sometimes seems something more formal. Then we cut to Cinderella trying to open some curtains, to which Prudence is vehemently against. She's like, these curtains are never opened, and certainly not by a princess. So I guess I, well, I don't why understand do they why they exist? have the windows. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> why are there even windows if you're just careful of the curtains that never open? Is there like something like in the in the Beast's Castle from Beating the Beast where it's like, we never go on the East Wing or West Wing or whatever. <laughs> the curtains never open. It brings in the curse. That's wild. It's so, it's so insane. This is insane. And I'll tell you, this castle makes no sense. 
You don't get to see outside. No sunlight for you. No sunlight in the castle either. It's so dark in the castle. It's so scary. <laughs> so then they go on to go over seating arrangements by rank, you know, the Marquis, the Sex of the Dukes, and whatever. I don't remember what they actually were. And Cinderella's like, that's silly. People just sit where they want. And in this one instance, I disagree with Cinderella here. Because if you're throwing a formal estate dinner, like, you definitely need to sort people by rank. That's just how it's done. I'm sorry. Yeah. And probably there's, like, political ties in there, too. And some people that maybe she's shouldn't not aware be. Of. Yeah, that, yeah. like, maybe they shouldn't be sitting next to each other or should be sitting next to each other. Exactly. Like, there's a so, lot going on at the table. For this one instance, Cinderella is dead wrong. But everything else she's you know, probably right about. And the, and the, and the movie's going to vindicate her in all instances anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Perfect. So also when it comes to the menu, she's annoyed that the dessert is stewed prunes, which is a reasonably terrible dessert. Totally fair. Well, who wants stewed prunes for dessert? Prudence. Prudence likes them. And she's like, it's tradition. That's because her name is Prudence. (laughs) (laughs) The prune isn't there, Danielle, but I really did try. (laughs) You think the prudence. (laughs) Prudence. Her twin sister. Prudence and prudence. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what a terrible oh. naming convention that would be. <laughs> Parents. Awful. Parents are terrible. No, certainly. Well, I mean, you're no better with your cat, so I can't imagine what any kids you have would be. They'd just suffer. My cat has, has kept the same name for the last year and a half. I just occasionally think she should be called something different. <laughs> yeah, it's only through your lack of willpower that she hasn't had her name changed like seven times. If I had thought of a better name when I got her, I would have changed it. <laughs> okay. So cut to them walking Cinderella outside, instructing her on how to greet her guests, you know, with a wave for nobility and a courtesy for royalty or something. And a group of random peasants are gathered around the front gate, clamoring for her. Cinderella exclaims, oh, my friends, and rushes over to them. And correct me if I'm wrong, but does Cinderella have friends? Not that I'm aware of, but we saw her isolated. We saw her in such a limited capacity. I mean, I'm sure she's probably had to do errands in town because her mother and siblings were lazy. Maybe she's made friends. Like, let her have any friendships. Like, they would be at best perfunctory, you know, business interactions. And otherwise, she's sequestered in the home doing slave labor. Maybe when she's out alone or something, and she's managed to sneak away. I don't know her life, Sam. Yeah, no. Apparently, neither did I. Because she's got all these (laughs) random peasant friends. I guess commoner friends. No, I generally think she probably would not have any friends that's my thought but they are apparently on very good terms <laughs> also were they just waiting out there all like day or days just like <laughs> well maybe central will come by today we can wave at her like what is the plan here <laughs> i'd like maybe they had somebody in the castle that was like feeding them knowledge <laughs> oh cinderella's around today you can go meet her at the gate wild so cinderella calls for the gate to be open but prudence insists commoners are never allowed into the palace with the exception of course of cinderella who is now royalty risen from the lower caste by the prince's eye for her beauty and nothing else at some point you get rich enough that you can just marry whoever you want yeah exactly and so uh prudence shoes away the commoners and insists that cinderella remember the rules i mean what the terrible thing is too is that the prince isn't going to really get any flack for the fact that he married cinderella but cinderella is going to get a lot of flack from people for marrying the prince because she's going to be a gold digger yeah or like somehow use witchcraft to ensnare him absolutely it's going to be all her fault and none of his yep patriarchy Uh, (laughs) (laughs) why does cinderella bring out such like terrible themes (laughs) Because it's about literally the time of period where women had even fewer rights than normal these days. Ugh, and it's just terrible. It's all about the marriage dynamics and just sort of like romanticizing them when in reality they were much more terrible. Yeah. She's getting it though. She's like, you know what? I want out of here. I'm marrying a prince. You know what? I gotta appreciate her hustle. Peace out, time suckers. 
<laughs> Never more appropriate than in this particular series. <laughs> Cut to a dancing lesson for Cinderella, which does she need it? She did well enough on the ball, right? Like, whatever. Yeah. What? Yeah, she's ensnared a prince with her cool dancing abilities. <laughs> well, <laughs> she's like guess- kicking butt in the dance hall. <laughs> Prudence is insisting that Cinderella learned this very particular, apparently very boring, yawn-inducing dance that is, like, very complicated. And Prudence and her ladies-in-waiting all pepper Cinderella with questions about, like, what color are the napkins, a crew or eggshell, uh, seating order, food choice, like, trying to, like, quiz her. And she gets so, like, turned around that she falls over and then sulks off in shame while Prudence declares that this is a disaster. Well, I'm... Yeah, if you're doing that while somebody's trying to learn something. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> the people are terrible instructing her in anything. Crying in her room, Jack and the other mice try to cheer her up, and Jack tells her she's not looking like herself, and Cinderella agrees. This just isn't her, and neither are all those silly rules. She's done trying to obey someone else's rules about who she should be, so she casts off her fancy dress and declares she's going to plan this banquet her way. Yeah. And while My Way would be a great song to play right now, they instead go with a generic pop song they wrote for this movie they and do def- montage they definitely did not have the rights for that song sam no that would have required money <laughs> they're disney they don't owe them enough money to get the rights to they my absolutely way absolutely have disney absolutely has the money for it. i think the producing team of cinderella to uh electric boogaloo definitely dreams come <laughs> true it rhymes <laughs> dreams come true boogaloo definitely do not have <laughs> great name do not have the rights to that song. <laughs> Cinderella 2, Electric Dreamaloo. Electric <laughs> Dreamaloo. Uh, fair point. But anyway, so they have this generic pop song that basically starts with these lyrics. Who's to say the rules must stay the same forevermore? Whoever made them had to change the rules that came before. Which, I guess is an yeah. endless loop of people changing rules all the way back in history. Where does it stop? <laughs> it's never going to stop, Sam. I think that's probably true. Anyway, uh, it's very much, these songs were clearly written exactly for this movie and are basically just there to describe what's happening in the movie in song form. And they're amazing. I highly recommend them. I will keep that in mind when I do a Cinderella marathon. <laughs> You should. You should binge the movies. You can see there. I mean, frankly, I think three is better than two, but, you know, you can have that little dip to get to the good one. Is four? Is there a four? I don't know, Daniel. I didn't get that far. I'm afraid if there's a four. I'm really afraid. We'll look that up later. If there is, Sam will do it. Yeah, you know I will. (laughs) You can do all the Janie novels. I'm going to do all the Cinderella's. Anyway, this amazing song backs a montage of Cinderella, like, throwing open the gate and going through town, passing invitations to all the commoners, while Prudence is catching up to her and saying, this is the way we do things, and Cinderella insists that it's time to try something new. And to her credit, Prudence doesn't, like, try to stop her. She's like, well, it's beat on you, I guess. Except that, and I am not against this idea, I am, however, thinking that the amount of food and resources you would need in the castle has now, like, quadrupled, if not more. Apparently, that's not a problem. They can put a banquet together in a day. Because <laughs> it's just, like, a lot of stuff they need to feed an entire village versus the high class of the village. <laughs> well... Speaking of, Cinderella decides to pitch in. Back in the kitchen, she and the mice are trying to make a delicious chocolate pudding to replace the stewed prunes for dessert. Solid choice. Yeah, this has to be, though, a health code violation, despite what Ratatouille would have you to believe. <laughs> They're magic mice, Sam. They do not count in the These are not code. magic it's mice. Like... These are regular mice she puts clothes on, Danielle. Be 100% <laughs> they, clear they, on that. They can follow instructions. <laughs> 
They're still disease carriers. This is still like bubonic plague time, you know? Those are you... fleas are still going to be on them. Okay, Cinderella's mice do not have fleas. You know that. Do I? This is no, a time like period. This like magic time period does not have the bubonic plague oh, okay. or fleas. I'm sorry. When it comes to the bubonic plague and fleas, magic time period, when it comes to the terrible patriarchy, that's realistic. Well, I can, I'm not the one who wrote the movie. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is you can't, you can't accuse one for the other. You can't get rid of the patriarchy, Sam. It's just like Oh, there. I wish we could, though. <laughs> you <laughs> can get rid of so the bubonic plague and the fleas. <laughs> to be fair, we didn't get rid of the bubonic plague. The bubonic plague got rid of us, and then it's like, oh, I'm done here. Yeah, well, that's what happens. <laughs> I'm just saying, I would not want to eat chocolate pudding made by mice. You don't know how much poop's in that pudding because it's all brown. You know that nobody knows that it was made by mice, so too yeah, late. that's even worse. That's like... Poison your guests with, with your Hanta virus or whatever. Well, maybe that was her ultimate goal. Maybe she's just a mass serial killer. Maybe that's why she doesn't care about the, the cat in the castle. Maybe typhoid Mary or whatever. Yeah, she's just like out to kill everybody. Okay, but well, more that's knowingly. A <laughs> <laughs> maybe, or maybe she's like a, a murderous Amelia Bedelia where she's just bumping her way into murder. <laughs> It actually fits Cinderella's personality in these movies. Right? Uh man, I miss Amelia Bedelia. Where's her movie? They Is need to there, make like a cinematic franchise. Like, there's not cartoons or something of Amelia Bedelia? If there are, I haven't seen them, and I would love to. Oh, they might exist. That feels like something that would have come out in like the 80s or 90s. Yeah, it does, man. All right. Well, if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, I'm so sad for you. Google. Amelia <laughs> yeah, Bedelia. Bedelia. Uh, yeah, you don't to spell that one, Danielle. Yeah, <laughs> Let's see. I think maybe they exist. Maybe. It's a TV series from 88 to 89. One whole year. 12 episodes, I bet, or something like that. Oh, that was like a lot. Is that a live action Amelia Bedelia? There's a live action Amelia Bedelia? There's a human being. (laughs) All right. Well, stop everything. We got to stop this podcast and go watch that, Danielle. (laughs) Maybe. Very unclear. That is wild. Who plays the titular Bedelia? I don't know. This is a very confusing Google on first blush. All right. Well, okay, Dave. I'm going to need you to reel in your Amelia Bedelia obsession so we can focus on this story. We will definitely make room for Amelia Bedelia. I am 100% on board for for a marathon of that. A literal-minded housekeeper causes trouble around the house. That's the basic story of Amelia Bedelia. Yes. Cast unknown. What? Unknown? <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. What is going on? Were they abducted by aliens and their memories erased from humanity? What's going on? Officially released in Canada? What is happening? It's like it doesn't (laughs) exist, but it does. So if it's Canadian, it can't we can't know anything about like a mystery because it's Canadian. Like that's that's racist towards Canadians. Like their their media is valid. I'm so I swear. Okay, we're gonna have to Google that later. Like, yeah, yeah we're gonna spend a lot okay, of time to get into this. Sorry. That's gonna be a whole podcast unto itself. <laughs> we need a Patreon. We needed a good Patreon episode. <laughs> That'd be great, Amelia Bedelia. Like, that's the... just googling Amelia Bedelia. <laughs> no, it's like a true crime podcast, the mystery of Amelia Bedelia. Let's see if we can track down the unknown cast. Yeah, it's very weird. IMDb, Finally, put a face what are you doing? The names. Yeah, I've never right? seen IMDb not have like just the have cast name. Yeah, for anybody. Really wild. Maybe it only came a few episodes, or maybe it. You know, they don't have any record of it. Oh, I don't know, Danielle. All right. Back to this, I guess, now far less interesting story about Cinderella planning a banquet. Yeah, sorry. The song wraps up with Cinderella throwing open the curtains and telling Prudence that while this is a big change, she has to do it her way. And Prudence replies, well, I certainly hope you know what you're doing. Also... And as generic as the backing song is, as it wraps up, the singer really belts it out. And so, like, kudos to her. She's giving it her all. Good job, Cinderella singer. Yeah. 
I appreciate when people put in effort, even when they know it's like, no one cares. Like, they could phone it in, and it'd be just fine, but they just had to go for it, and I respect that. Sam cared. I did. Your your effort is not lost on me. I it might be a famous you. person. You don't even know. I did not read the credits, so it's possible. <laughs> Cut to Cinderella getting dressed for the banquet as the prince and king and other guests arrive. Does it show her doing anything else besides throwing up in the curtains? Nope. Nope. That was just a metaphor for... Well, she, she let one of the servants pick pink as the color instead of one of the off-white colors they were picking for the... Good idea. Napkins, yeah. But that's about it. Everyone seems to be having fun except for Prudence, who is a bit scandalized by everything that's going on. And she's not at all offended that, like, Cinderella just came in and took over her entire job and changed it all. She's like, yeah, I, she's the princess. Like, I, I don't have a standing to contradict her. Doesn't basically. mean you can't be annoyed about it. <laughs> oh, I'm sure she is, but she's keeping that resentment well buried. Good job. The trumpets blare as announced the king has arrived. He storms in just as Beatrice, I think it's unclear which lady in waiting is which, but Beatrice comes running by giggling, oh, pudding, uh, while she's carrying the punch bowl full of pudding, and she just slams in the king and dumps it all over him. Oh, no. All that work with the bubonic, now the king's dead because of the bubonic plague. Yeah, I know, I got the haunted virus, the haunted the haunt pudding. That's <laughs> no good. The king. Cinderella. See, this is just some like undercover operation where Cinderella was trying to get the prince in power. Okay, so she's like, I need to get. I'm sick of being a princess. I need to be queen. Yeah, seriously. Okay, I believe it. She's working up the ladder here. So, despite not dying from hantavirus somehow, the king demands to know what's going on and is initially incensed and demands to know who opened the curtains. Was he a vampire? What the heck? (laughs) What does he care? yeah, Yeah, no, he is upset. The curtains are open. And Prudence immediately throws Cinderella under the bus, like, saying, it's all her doing. What a weird thing to be upset about. But the king spins on a dime. He's, like, struck by how lovely the moon looks. Now that you can actually see it through the window that's uncovered. Does he have mental health issues that are unaddressed? I'm convinced he does, because this is, like, the pattern where he'll be like, who opened these curtains? Oh, look how nice the moon is. Who are all these commoners in the castle? Oh, hey, Giuseppe. I know that guy. And he's like, okay (laughs) with it. Like... And then he goes like, oh, where are the stewed pruned? Ooh, chocolate pudding. My favorite's chocolate. And so he like does that like three or four times in a row with all the different things that changes. And each time is like, I may, oh wait, no, I'm not mad anymore. So I think he clearly has some kind of condition. Yeah. Or just needs, you know, maybe it's an anger management issue that he needs to work through. Yeah. That very possible. So he's all apparently totally copacetic with the thing is like, hey, everyone party on. And I guess he knows one random commenter named Giuseppe, which makes everything work out. I wonder who Giuseppe is. I really want to know too. <laughs> so like his chess buddy in the park. It's like I owns a local restaurant. Is it um, the clear <laughs> the tailor you know <laughs> all i know is he has a killer mustache and nothing else i'm gonna that assume that it's like just some guy who feeds ducks in the park and sometimes the king needs to like take a break and he dresses in commoner clothes and goes out to the park and like hangs out with yeah, the, on the bench yeah yeah okay sure. just chills so the king then thrusts Prudence into the arms of the Grand Duke and is like, go dance. And they leer at each other as flamenco music plays and they dance off. <laughs> Was flamenco music uh, common in Cinderella times? <laughs> it, well, considering they have like a, a a string quartet or something as the music, I don't know where the flamenco guitar came from. <laughs> <laughs> Super common in Cinderella times, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. They love flamenco music in what I think was France originally, right? (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's French fairy tale. Yeah. The king is uh, delighted to have some new traditions and Prudence tells him that Cinderella deserves all the credit and she's come around and is now honored to serve her. Oh, that's so sweet. We are 20 minutes into this movie, Danielle. I still don't think we've hit anything that seems like the main plot. No. 
I'm like, and everything's wrapping up pretty quickly, the storyline. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's been 20 minutes. I'm like, like, was this all set up for the main plot? Well, that's when the story ends, Danielle, and we're back to the mice finishing <laughs> the, the book. The end. So either the last hour of this movie is just credits, or there is more to this movie, and it's actually an anthology of several short stories strung together with this very loose meta-narrative. So it's an anthology. It's an anthology. I like the idea that it was just an hour of credits. That would have been really funny. <laughs> it would have been really good. They did like 20 minutes, and they're like, here's an hour of credits, we're done. Be such a scam. Unfortunately, it is an anthology, and Jack mentions that he doesn't like magic, and Gus says, do you remember what happened last time? And the fairy godmother says, oh, they should tell that story. So they do. I'm basically going to really gloss over the them like building the, the book, because it is literally just there to tie in the unconnected stories. So they're doing multiple stories in this one book. Yeah, yeah. It's an anthology book, too. <laughs> <laughs> like, not only committed to writing a book, but they're like, but not a long book, an anthology. <laughs> Several short stories, but just three short stories in this book. Not like a collection on a common theme. Like, maybe at the end of this, we can discuss what we think the common theme is that binds all these stories together into one collection. That was my next question, is if there was a theme between all the stories. I don't know. We'll have to figure that out. When we get to the end, Danielle, you and I can discuss that. Okay. So we cut to Jack and Gus walking through the garden to pick flowers for Cinderella, and they need to be less obsessed with Cinderella, like, like, please. You know, no, I'm not going to use the mice patois. <laughs> I, again, I think the mice would be less obsessed with Cinderella because that's a very unhealthy codependency, it feels like. <laughs> Poor mice. She's the only person that can understand them. No, because remember, they sing to the prince in Cinderella 3. And he kind of so, understands. Yeah. And it's all very unclear how, like, again, I, I get this a little bit, but like, what humans can or can't understand mice, it's, these mice in particular, it, and again, that always raises the ethical questions that we come up when we have talking animals <laughs> that are clearly said to you about like, oh, this is all horrific. We poison them and bait trap them and, you know, kill them. So, or if there's know. some kind of divide between these sentient mice and regular mice. Right, like a, like a Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim kind of thing where, you know, her her husband and the other rat were genetically or, or you know, experimented on to be super smart. Maybe it's pudding. And she just gets half of that. What? <laughs> maybe it's the pudding. Maybe it's the pudding. <laughs> the pudding that they make? Yeah, maybe that's why they're able to converse like maybe that's just her they're around the pudding something about the pudding any mice she I, puts together to work on pudding what you're not making any sense <laughs> here, Daniel. i think the pudding is what turns them into sentient mice i don't understand how them making pudding makes them sentient mice i don't know secret ingredients sam <laughs> they have to eat the pudding Daniel. they probably do as they're making it All or right. maybe it's just exposure to the pudding fumes i don't know sam this is like the <laughs> least coherent theory you've ever presented on this podcast. Really? I've got some bad ones. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I'm putting this out there. This is the worst I've heard in my recollection. Listeners, if you can think of a worse theory than the <laughs> pudding fumes. Look, I bet you could, but I just can't remember it. <laughs> Causing sentience and mice. Please let us know. Anyway... Jack laments that they don't do anything for Cinderella anymore, now that she has so many other people to help her. And again, what... Why is your, like, whole life dedicated to serving this human? Yeah, that is weird. Yeah. Maybe they need to more friends. Or maybe they're, like, in that weird in-between page, like, where they're too smart for regular mice, and now they're, like, and they're too dumb. But they're all a bunch for... of, they have their own, like, society. There are, like, 30 of these mice or but something. But can all of them talk to each other in yes, English? Yes, they all wear clothes and talk, and they, they all use the same patois language and talk to each other. I don't know, then, man. Yeah, we'll get into that. Trust me. <laughs> well, she's the princess. Maybe they serve her. But that was before, even. Like, now they're lamented they don't serve her as much because she became princess and now has servants. Maybe she's evil, Sam. <laughs> she's trying to kill the king and become queen and they knew that and they're on her side 
I think it's more that the, the mice have an unhealthy obsession with her, like a, like a deity or something. It's like quite a possible. Figure. Yeah. I think it's like, oh, this giant person who takes care of us, protects us, we must worship her. Quite possible. And she's the first one to understand them. That we're aware of. Maybe there are other pockets of sentient mice in the world. We don't know. So while traipsing through the garden, Pom Pom sees them and chases them back inside. And we cut to Jack and Gus lugging the few flowers they managed to secure up to Cinderella. But oh no, the Duke has already presented her with a giant bouquet, which she gets every day, so I, I guess, because she mentions how it's bigger than the, even the one she got yesterday. So I'm not sure why the mice are surprised by this. No, that's so sad. So they're like disappointed they can't compete with that. And then the Duke gives her a long list of preparations for a spring festival that is the next day, literally tomorrow. <laughs> these things so quick because there's 70 million they have 350 events every year danielle and they have to fill them up you know the calendar is back-to-back festivals balls are you making that number up or did they actually say 350 i'm making that number up danielle but generally that makes any sense it it has like every three days or something every day there's another festival there's only 365 days in a year so it can't happen every three days it's got to be like almost every day it's stupid and they'll have one day to plan any of them it's great maybe this is like six months later you don't know i mean i suppose again nothing's ever in the timeline and no one ages so it's all a mystery maybe it's just they're just like this is some kind of like crazy hazing ritual for cinderella well to be fair cinderella also makes a snide comment about how they sure throw a lot of parties so i think it's not (laughs) like a year later because i think she's also being like why am i throwing a party every two days so spring festival spring festival and also like what is she a princess or a party planner (laughs) yeah you think there'd be people who do this and at most she might just sign off on a few things yeah why is she the one in charge of planning all this stuff but i guess she is i don't know if that's a princess's job i'll be honest i mean i have no idea i'm the wrong person to ask because i'm only a princess in the colloquial sense (laughs) okay <laughs> princess sam that's right so cinderella sees jack and gus and thanks them for the flowers very kindly before she's whisked off to the planning committee meeting meanwhile mary another mouse pops out and greets jack sweetly and offers him a new coat she made just for him oh that's so sweet Aww, yeah but just as he's about to try it on gus notices that cinderella forgot the party list so jack rushes off to bring it to her leaving poor mary alone and sad basically getting mouse blocked by cinderella <laughs> It's because Gus is in love with Jack. You think Gus is in love with Jack? I don't know. It's just a possibility. Why? Because he's blocking Mary from having him try on his coat. No, Cinderella is. Because it's all about like his obsequiousness and subservience to Cinderella. Sure, is what ultimately Cinderella is the problem. But in yeah. that specific moment, maybe you Gus just Gus wanted to this? like mess with them he's smarter than he seems sam he's smarter than he I was seems gonna say, he doesn't seem that like conniving he's not that lucky Evelyn. <laughs> you don't know that could Maybe just be an act <laughs> yeah okay all right gus gus the real villain of cinderella <laughs> he's probably cinderella's number one mouth <laughs> uh, that's jack danielle <laughs> no it's actually gus we're just like uh, pretending jack thinks jack he's is in the charge. fall mouse yeah he's like, fall, exactly yeah. we really make these things dark don't we <laughs> i can't even help it it's like just natural for you. I didn't even realize it till now, until I'm saying all that. I was like, why do we always make these things so terrible? Me, this is mostly you this episode. <laughs> but often it's you. That's true. I, I, I'm, I'm certainly not uh, innocent of that. I'm sorry, everybody. We don't mean to destroy your childhood. Uh, that's fine. If they're watching Cinderella too, it wasn't that happy a childhood. <laughs> so in the room with the planning committee, Jack struggles to navigate all the legs under the table to bring Cinderella the list. When a lady accidentally picks him up and freaks out, causing a massive commotion that like upends the whole How committee. How do you accidentally pick up a mouse? 
She drops a napkin, it covers him, then she goes to pick up the napkin, and Jack is inside of it. She picks up the ma- napkin with, like, her entire hand. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sure. Like, Danielle, I didn't write this. <laughs> I just think that's slightly unrealistic. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize the talking mouse movie was unrealistic for you. <laughs> you know, that's not the part I have a problem with. The part is always the other stuff. <laughs> I know. And it's so wild to me what you will will not let slide. <laughs> I'll suspend disbelief for the talking mice and the magic fairy godmother. I want the stuff in where... No one will ever pick up a knack with a mouse inside. I just want the world, the like world they've built, the stuff inside of it to make sense. Oh, then you're watching the wrong movie, Samuel. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, mouse napkin. You need to watch them. I'm telling you about them. (laughs) So Jack runs off and is sulking under a table when Cinderella finds him and checks in. I'm like, hey, buddy, how you doing? He's sad because he can't help anymore. Cinderella's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to go tour the fairgrounds later. I could really use your help. So why don't you meet me in 10 minutes at the stables? He's a mouse. Why? Can't he just like hang out in her pocket for 10 minutes? I was going to say, <laughs> why she doesn't just pick him up and right then and there is a mystery to me and is only there to ensure that further shenanigans take place. And he has to like make it all the way to the stables. To the stables like in 10 minutes. Mouse. Yeah. Yeah. No. I think your theory about Cinderella being a secret sociopath <laughs> that wants to torturing murder animals and everyone else around her is becoming more and more viable with the moment. <laughs> it makes no sense. Okay. It is insane so at the stables jack almost gets crushed by horses another point about why he should have been carried there by cinderella <laughs> yeah terrible ideas and so he climbs a hay cart to like get out of the way but just as cinderella walks in jack is pitchforked into a stall with the hay and she leaves without him thinking he couldn't make it yeah because he must have gotten stuck by something else he was involved well, in by the cat you know is in your in, in the palace what a terrible friend yeah i know cinderella's the worst now he's left all alone and sad and then jack is pacing in the garden feeling you useless and small when pom-pom spots him and starts stalking him Uh while ranting jack says he wishes he was big because being a mouse is useless which apparently is all it takes because the fairy godmother appears and is all hey tell me about it what do you need there jackie boy what's bothering you wishes i hear them (laughs) i hear the clink of wishes really going extra dark in this one daniel fun that way yeah yeah okay this is not our spooky torch but it could be <laughs> it's been a long week sam <laughs> so i'm guessing the fed governor really has nothing better to do than to answer mouse wishes because apparently all the suffering in this kingdom has already been taken care of maybe it just like is one of those things that like calls to her every time somebody's like i wish you know like why is she more style. busy why does she have time to like make books with mice and do craft projects maybe they're on her radar just because of everything that's gone on with cinderella I can uh, maybe like they're also magical beings, just like siphon magic from them into her wand. There you go. There you go. All right. That's how she keeps her relative youth. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so Jack tells her he wishes to be human so he can help Cinderella and maybe bang her if we're honest. I think that's the subtext. Oh, you. His obsession is such that it's got to be psychosexual. <laughs> it might be. And he's like, no one likes mice, so make me human. And the fairy godmother's like, are you sure? Lots of people like mice. Mice are great. And I'm like, I'm kind of with Jack on this one. Like, in this time period, like, being a human is way better than being a mouse. Even in most time periods, yeah. really. Yeah, they're not Yeah, they're not given a lot of, like, cuddles and kindness from, from the world. That's certainly true. I want 
to see a story where like the mouse gets turned into a human actually decides that they want to stay a human and just goes with that for the rest of their lives. There's always like they always have some turnaround. They're like, nope, it really was better to be a mouse. But no, like being a human's great. I have thumbs. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't. I'm not like I don't have to worry about like scrounging for seeds in the dirt or being eaten by a hawk. I want the story to not be that you know being yourself is better in some cases. <laughs> Sometimes kids, the lesson is. Being yourself sucks, and be someone else if you can. Or, like, be yourself in the best form that you could potentially be, mm, no, and he be managed literally to make- change yourself into a different species if possible. You're that, you suck that bad. No, not that moral. The moral oh, is okay. that he could be his best version was as a human, and he had the opportunity no. to take it, and he did. Now, the lesson is sometimes some people are just better. Some groups of people, some classes, some <laughs> species are just better. If you can be one of those, you'll have a better life. Which honestly is a true kind of thing in our world where we have all these stratification classes. It's a hard classes. lesson that should not be an actual lesson, but is very realistic to normal society. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you're just born into a better life. And if you can turn yourself into a person who has those same privileges, then congratulations. You've just won the lottery. Listeners, please be aware that I did try to make that optimistic and positive and Sam was the one that turned <laughs> that negative and dark. That was not me. Look. It's not my fault. We have a basic – that caste systems exist and that we as a society have decided that we're okay with that. Well, let's see what happens to Jack, who I'm sure will have to turn around and become a mouse again by the end of the oh, story. Oh, absolutely. For the dumbest reason. You're going to love it. I'm not. I'm already mad about it. So the fairy godmother is all skeptical about this, but she's like, fine, that's what you want, and turns some human. Pom-Pom sees this transformation, and instead of being like, oh, well, there goes my meal, she like sees in her head, we get like a little picture of the new Jack form, and then a bunch of mice stacked up on top of each other's shoulders. She's like, oh, <laughs> that's just a giant mouse. I can eat that thing and get even more mouse for my bang for my buck. And she's like, giant mouse. And she's more determined than ever to eat that Jack human now. <laughs> that's the best gag ever. It's so good. She's like, there's, there's got to be like, that's just more mouse. It's like, it's not a human. It's just more mouse meat I can shout out on. That makes me happy. That's funny. Good no. job, Cinderella, too. That is funny. Good job, Pom Pom, for being like, hey, this is a human. I know what humans are. But instead of me thinking that, okay, now this thing is like big and can destroy me because it's a human, I'm going to uh. like just still determine to, to hunt it and eat it. <laughs> that's so good. Because I know the inside is really a mouse. That's all that matters. What's on the inside that counts. Pom Pom might be like the most woke one of them here because she only cares what's on the inside. <laughs> that made me cry. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a really good gag. Also, it's insane. I'm like, what are you doing, Bob Bob? It's a human. It's going to, like, kick you. <laughs> anyway, it's time for another pop song montage about how great a day it's going to be as Jack wanders through the forest, stalked by Pom Pom, hunting him. <laughs> Also, the song lyrics are very literal. I kind of want to see Pom Pom take him on. Is that at some point he's going to jump on Jack? Because that'd be real funny. Oh, absolutely. You know that's going to happen. <laughs> yes. I'm so here for the storyline. So the song lyrics are also very much on the nose with them going, When you're small, one inch tall, and then you're six foot two, you've hit the big time now, and the world is looking up to you. I so, see what they did there. Is Jack yeah. <laughs> like attractive as a human? No. They He's just got made- big buck teeth. Of course. <laughs> He's the mouse, right? Yeah. Actually, they did a very good job of making him look like the mouse, like of an, of the human version of the mouse. Like, it's like, oh, yeah. If Jack was a human, that's what he looked like. It was very nicely done. Like, he's not unattractive. He's not, like, hideous. He's not, like, hunchback of Notre Dame. I was kind curious. Of I was he wondering is, if they kept the mouse, like, style in it. Then sounds yeah, like they did. he's very much like a, a mouseified human. Like, he doesn't have giant ears or something, but he's, like, his face shape. They did a good job. Excellent. The animation is not terrible. It's like, well done. <laughs> For how cheap these usually are, 
impressive. Is it similar style to the third one? It actually might be slightly better animation. I don't know. <laughs> Probably less and less money as they went on. Or like less and less, like it says less CG at least for sure. Yeah. So Jack walks into the middle of a field where Cinderella is overseeing the construction of some buildings for the festival that's tomorrow, I guess. <laughs> when he <laughs> stumbles. are building and- buildings in one yeah, day? Yeah, yeah. Like they're doing a barn raising. It's insane. <laughs> Crazy. When he stumbles clumsily and gets a bucket of cement dumped on him. Oh no. He's like, dang it, I want to be a mouse again. <laughs> yeah, right immediately. No. <laughs> so Cinderella and the Grand Duke go to help him, and it's all like, oh, are you okay, sir? And, and he's like, he's like trying to tell them, like, hey, it's me, I'm human. I'm, I, but they keep cutting him off, like, oh, your name's Sir Hugh? Welcome, Sir Hugh. Is that Dutch? Are you Dutch? And they don't let him, like, get a word out because, you know, movie. Yeah, the only time where you actively constantly cut people off yeah so they constantly cut them off before he can explain and you know misunderstanding and they oh it's time for them to head back to the castle and so hey jack do you want to ride this horse back with us and he's like sure ride a horse i've never done that before and he crashes his horse immediately because duh yeah, because he's a mouse. He's a mouse. <laughs> he was, you know, riding a horse. Anyway, back at the castle, Cinderella is in high demand and immediately is whisked off to another meeting or something and leaving Jack to go take care of his own things when he's chased by Pom Pom and is back into a corner. He, he knows he's a human, right? So he's kind of like... Yeah. So what Pom Pom does, which is genius, she throws a little wedge of cheese out as like a trap and when he bends down to like sniff it, she lunges out at him and he like... <laughs> <laughs> runs away yelling about how, like i should i'm a human now i shouldn't be afraid of the mouse uh, i shouldn't be afraid of the cat but i'm still afraid of the cat <laughs> he's very self-aware it's funny I like that word. so he's back into a wall when cinderella reappears and asks him to help keep a countess busy until she can see her which cinderella doesn't even know who this person is it's like already putting him to work yeah it's wild she seems to be a free-for-all for people, though. She's like, oh, come yeah. on in. Let's <laughs> let's be friends. She doesn't even, like, get his... Uh, I guess he does get his name. She thinks his name is Sir Hugh. But, like, hey, I don't know what your your, your whole purpose is to being here, but I'm going to make you do this thing instead. Do some chores <laughs> for me. Since I'm the princess, you have to. Exactly. So the countess is the same woman who freaked out earlier about the mouse and is freaking out now trying to smash Gus when Jack walks in and she leaps into his arms like, oh, you're my hero. Save me from that awful mouse. Aww. Cinderella then pops in because... Apparently, she only needs Jack to be in a room for four seconds before she pops in again to do her thing. And she's like, oh, this is the perfect couple to lead the first dance at the festival. And I'm like, what? (laughs) That's a pretty big assumption to make about these two people who just met. (laughs) So then Cinderella and the Countess bustle off to go get ready, promising to go see Jack at the festival. And so we cut to Jack getting ready in his room when he overhears Gus and Mary in the walls talking about how he's missing and she's worried about him. Side note. Can he still understand the mouse? I was just as a thinking human? that. I yeah, was like, yeah. he can hear them. <laughs> and also, he's a human. So, like, can all humans understand the mice, or is it just that he was formerly a mouse and so can understand them? But the white Cinderella understand them? I don't know, Daniel. It's all very nonsense. Wouldn't it be interesting if Jack became a human and could no longer understand the mice? Yeah, I, I think it would be happening. He's like, oh, I regret not being able to talk to my friends, that kind of thing. But nope, not a problem for him be a whole different story so jack shoves his face into the mouse hole going here i am jack torrent style from the shining <laughs> this of course freaks all his friends out who scatter because they are once again mice <laughs> you should know better yeah so jack sulks a bit and the fairy godmother appears and asks like hey is everything all right and he's like oh i'm so sad my friends fled and she's like but hey, I thought being a human was great. Like, isn't it better to be a human? Isn't being a mouse just the worst? And he's like, oh, yeah, I guess. I guess so. My one day, my half of a day here on <laughs> as a human. Yeah. Then the Duke appears and says, it's time to go to the festival. But Mary overhears Jack say something that clues her in that Jack is actually Jack the mouse and not, and not just some random human. That would be quite a big clue because that would not be your first thought. Well, 
he says like his I think it is Zook Zook is his like catchphrase or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, that must be Jack because no one else in the universe would ever say that phrase. <laughs> I make you like vaguely suspicious, but like that doesn't happen very often. I don't think that would ever be anybody's well, first thought. To be fair, this is probably like two weeks since they were transformed into horses by the fairy godmother. So she probably That's has true. like some like clue about it. I guess so. Maybe. <laughs> I just think people as a general humanity tend to take things at face value. Sure, but maybe the mice are better than us, Danielle. That's very possible. So we cut to the festival, which is literally a modern day county fair complete with Ferris wheel. Ooh, that's fun. When yeah. were Ferris wheels invented? I don't know, but apparently they had wooden Ferris wheels in this medieval France analog. Ferris Now you're Googling it. Thank you, Danielle. 1893. <laughs> okay. I think this is a little late for that. <laughs> A little early for the Ferris wheel. The Ferris wheel is a little late for the festival. I don't know. You get the point. So while there, the king gets on an elephant because he loves elephants, and the countess, Pom Pom, and Gus and Mary all search for Jack. The countess finds him first, and they're bustled off to dance the first dance when Pom Pom jumps onto his face, causing him to fall into the dunk tank. And yes, there's a dunk tank. <laughs> yeah, first off, there's a dunk tank. Secondly, this cat's very social for a cat. She is all about, like, let me get onto his face in the middle of this dance. Like, that's the time I'm going to attack this fully grown human, which I know is a mouse on the inside. <laughs> what is... How did he know the, the dance? What's the dance? No, what's the dance? How does he know dance? How, how, does, you know, how does Jack know how to dance? Yeah. I don't think he dances very long. I mean, we never really see him do any steps. He's mostly just like swung around by the countess who was all over him. Yeah. And I also, yes, want to know what Pom Pom's uh, takedown plan is. Like once she right. gets the human down on the ground, what is There's she going to like the dog chasing the car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like- yeah. <laughs> what's going to happen? You caught it. Now what, Pom Pom? <laughs> I just think it'd be hard to be fully taken down by it. Like, you might fall down or something from a cat, but I think to, like, the cat's gonna have a hard time, like, killing you as a human. I'm not saying cats can't do a lot of damage. Like, we've all been scratched by cats. They are very dangerous. But, like, I'm more afraid of being hurt by a cat than actually, like, killed by a cat. Yeah, it's not first on my list. It's like, oh, this cat's gonna kill me. Yeah, like, mountain lion, sure. House cat, like... Yeah. Is it going to, like, make me bleed a bit? Sure. Could I get an infection? Maybe. If it hit an artery, would I be in trouble? Possibly. But I think it's pretty safe <laughs> that I could probably take a cat. Maybe it's one of Cinderella's minions, and he's, like, he's <laughs> trained in, like, where to attack for a human Like, go over, over the wrist, right? Yeah. <laughs> Femoral arteries. Jugular. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, being human's not going to stop me, Jack-Jack. <laughs> Cinderella, give me a task, and I will rest until it's completed, and your blood is spilt. No, what happens is uh, Jack uses the opportunity to escape and flee, and ends up on the Ferris wheel with Pom Pom, who's also sitting on the same seat as him. Don't ask me how. She's just there. I love Pom Pom. Pom Pom's my new favorite. Oh, you're going to love even more later. So... Jack jumps off the Ferris wheel and lands on the elephant, which causes it to freak out and stampede around the festival, causing chaos. I don't know if that would actually happen, but sure. Sure. So then he cowers in like an alleyway between two tents, and he wishes that the fairy gun was there to help because he's ruined everything. So she appears and it's all, Jack, this is your perfect opportunity to help. And he's like, what? What can I do? And she's like, what can stop an elephant? What are elephants afraid of? Maybe a mouse? Wink, wink. So she turns him back into a mouse so she can so he can stop the elephant? So Jack's like, oh yeah, turn me back into a mouse so I can stop the elephant. That's so sad. Jack, you didn't even give it a try. Yeah, no. So Jack asked me to turn back into a mouse and like, he runs out into the middle of the street, whatever, the elephant is rampaging, like stands in front of it. And the Fred godmother has that like, oh, how does the spell go again? Has like a minute while the elephant's charging to like build tension. Everyone's like, oh no, he's going to be trampled. And then she remembers bippity boppity boo, apparently that was hard for her to remember because she's... <laughs> (laughs) terrible (laughs) she's losing her mind slowly 
slowly. <laughs> yeah. And turns it back into a mouse and immediately the elephant stops on the dime. He's like, nope, I'm done. There's a mouse in front of me. I'm not going to like turn or go the other way. I'm just going to stop and I'm done. I'm done rampaging. And then she wipes everybody's memories of a human turning into nope. a mouse, right? <laughs> no. Nope. Apparently everyone just sees it like, no, that's fine. We have no problem with that. Oh, man. I guess they do live in a world of magic. So then the king is throwing off the elephant when it stops abruptly and lands on the Ferris wheel. It's like, oh, cool. And it's like, right the Ferris wheel. And everyone's like, oh, yay, festival's back on. Everyone cheers. <laughs> wow, man. Mary appears and compliments Jack on how brave he is. And Cinderella shows up to say how glad she is that she can always count on Jack and he's the most helpful little helper. And then Jack and Mary make out a bit as the fairy godmother makes fireworks. So, end of story of the second. <laughs> Wild. I'm sad Jack-Jack didn't get a better human experience. I don't know. He got some hardcore mouse-on-mouse action, so good for him. (laughs) Yeah, I'm happy for him, but still sad day. All right, back to the mice assembling the book. Blah, 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 blah. Don't care. And they set up another story about how I remember the time Anastasia fell in love. So here we are, Danielle. It's that story finally. We're there. Why? Oh, I have so many questions already. It hasn't even started yet. What's the question? Why are they telling this story? Why does the story exist when in the next movie, Anastasia does not in a relationship? (laughs) Again, the timeline for this could be insane. This whole movie could be taking place after the events of Cinderella 3. Or in the alternate version. Or this could be the ultimate timeline before Cinderella 3 happened and changed everything. Oh, terrible. Okay. I don't know, Danielle. It's insane. I'm already mad. crazy. If you can unpick this timeline conundrum, I would be very impressed. Yeah. This was the wormhole I got into, and I still, I don't know the plot of this, but I do know that it doesn't make any sense if Anastasia was in love with this one, and the third one, she's single and ready to mingle. I don't know. <laughs> Again, I had a theory, I think, that the baker simply dumped her, like, was using her and then dumped her immediately and absconded with a bunch of money. So, so she's falling in love with Baker. Okay, let's go. So, cut to Anastasia, watching a music box of Cinderella and the prince dancing while sighing. There which, is a music box that was made? Yeah. There's, like, an entire yeah. books, there's music box. They really, <laughs> like... The merchandising. This is, like, that space ball <laughs> gag. Like, space ball is the flamethrower. Space ball the action figure. This is Cinderella, the book. Cinderella, the, the music box. Is this how they're, like, kind of, like, tithing from the villages or selling all this merchandise to the commoners? Look, the only explanation <laughs> I can think of, Daniela, for this music box is that it must have been, like, the most passive-aggressive gift ever from Cinderella to her stepsisters. <laughs> like, hey, let me give you a music box. It reminds you how much I succeeded over your objections, over your, like, trying to stop me and how happy I am and how miserable you are now. That <laughs> would be great. It could also have been a yeah. wedding favor. That you gave out to everyone? <laughs> yeah. Now everybody <laughs> okay, has a music sure. box with her and the prince. <laughs> Anyway, poor Anastasia, who we know is also a true victim, and I, I do love how this movie series has turned Anastasia into a victim. She of is a, a victim. It's so sad. Yeah, it's great. So she and Drizella start fighting, because of course they do, when the wicked stepmother steps in to remind that Cinderella's ball is tomorrow. Another one. Just a ball? Just a ball. I don't know, Daniel. <laughs> what season is this in, Sudden? It's all set in sunshine season. Okay. Maybe they're just sunshiny all the time. France, notoriously no yeah. sunshiny all year. Right. Yeah, yeah. South, maybe it's South France, a like Cote d'Azur or something. Yeah, it Who must knows? be. I, I, again, a ball every other every day at least. And that they better find a rich husband there or else. Or else. Or else what? She's said this 1,200 times and they've yet to find yeah. a rich husband. Yeah, apparently the only plan is keep taking her daughters to balls and hoping they find someone. I mean, that was which, really probably what you did back then. <laughs> damn you, patriarchy. So they go out shopping for new gowns and shoes and decide to bring Lucifer with them for some reason. Because <laughs> it's a travel cat. Bring the cat with you shopping. <laughs> Despite the cat not wanting to Are go Lucifer shopping with you. Are Lucifer and Pom Pom going to get it to get, get together? Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 mm, sort of. <laughs> 
So we cut to Cinderella sneaking out of the castle to go to the market to get a garland of flowers for the prince as a surprise. Aww. Also, she always refers to him as the prince since she obviously does not know his name. <laughs> like if she never even has one. He doesn't have a name, Sam. <laughs> he doesn't have a name. I can't, like, Maybe his name is Prince. Prince <laughs> <laughs> Prince. Prince Prince. <laughs> Dumb, dang, I refuse to accept that. Good, it's a name. I don't, I, no, no, a veto, veto Prince Prince. <laughs> Makes sense, though. No, 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 I'm not going to accept that. I think she just doesn't know his name is too afraid to ask at this point. <laughs> She's like, man, we've been married for like three months. <laughs> More like three weeks. I wasn't paying attention during the wedding when they read it off. It was so long. <laughs> while she was like, while the guy was like saying, do you, and said the prince's name, a bird like cod covering up. She's going to hear it. It's like, like time She's like, oh. <laughs> now i'll never know every time someone's about to say the prince's name like there's like a noise like an airplane flies over like what's an airplane that's not even the right time period for this but apparently it drowned out the prince's name she does that trick where she's like honey hey Bo- boo how are you doing how's it going yeah exactly <laughs> hey there buddy love my life uh sweetheart uh uh <laughs> <laughs> yes what's his face my prince and this is uh my husband the royal the royal highness is the prince <laughs> <laughs> that's the best you got huh <laughs> nice anyway uh it's still not an issue that's been addressed in this movie or the next or ever in the market anastasia sees a florist handing out garlands which he says will guarantee to win you the heart of your love and she's very much like wistful at this Aww. The wicked stepmother calls her away, but she's quickly sidetracked again by a lovely smell coming from the bakery. <gasps> Falling in love over bread. Yeah, where a handsome young baker is taking out some freshly baked bread. Marry that man. <laughs> it's like, that'd make me fall in love. <laughs> I'm fresh baked bread. Like, oh, I mean, come on, Danielle. It's like, I don't want flowers or chocolate. Like, give me some fresh baked bread. Like, oh. I mean, seriously, yeah. that doesn't, I'm, right? Yeah, I yeah. would totally, if you want to bring, anybody wants to date me, if you want to bring bread to the date, we're down. Like, we're good. Fresh bread? <laughs> oh, I uh, God, I miss, like, a nice bakery you could just walk to. Ugh. Don't you live in a city that should have bakeries? Do you not have bakeries? I mean, they have some, but, like, I don't have any, like, my immediate neighborhood is a problem. I don't have any in my immediate neighborhood either. Well, yeah. maybe a few yeah. blocks up. Anyway, the point is, strong game. The baker has very strong game. Good for him. Good job. So she enters the store and bumps into him, and it's clearly love at first sight. They just start staring at each other in the floor a little bit. Just as Cinderella and the mice walk by and watch through the window, flabbergasted that someone seems to have taken a liking to Anastasia. Because she smells like bread now. I mean, who wouldn't love a bread-smelling woman? I wouldn't mind smelling like bread. (laughs) (laughs) Why is there a perfume called, like, Eau de Pan? (laughs) It might. You never know. Anyway, if not, Chanel, call me. <laughs> yeah, that's going to happen. Chanel number six. Smells like bread. Tasty, tasty bread. That's a great one, Dale. I, I think I deserve more than a yawn. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm in a bed, Sam. It's quite cozy. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's your problem. <laughs> anyway, the wicked stepmother interrupts them and, like, slaps the bread out of her hand, which is, ah, no. Rude. No. <laughs> No, do not waste good bread. Be evil, but not bad evil. That is so rude. And she like pulls her away, telling her that like everything in this shop is inferior and not good enough because he's a commoner. Where, where does she get her bread from? <laughs> do they make it in her her place? Is it better because I it's homemade know. there? 
I don't know. She probably gets the flour from the baker, right? I don't know how that works. <laughs> no, you're a miller, Danielle gets the flour, right? Yeah, but it's like, I don't know. Is the miller, are they also a mill, millery in a bakery? Mill, <laughs> mill, a mill. mill. It's called a mill, Danielle. <laughs> just mill. <laughs> I know English is hard. We went over this, but just mill. <laughs> just a mill and a bakery or it's just a bakery? Just a bakery. There's no, there's no mill. Okay. I don't know. You weren't the one watched the movie, not me. I'm just telling you, there's no milk. <laughs> so Cinderella observes that they're clearly in love because four seconds of looking at each other is all it takes in this universe, and she's the expert on that. It's true. Do they touch hands? No. Maybe? I don't remember. Because <laughs> you know how that works, apparently. Oh, right. The hand touching. <laughs> and Cinderella starts scheming to get them together again because she can't just leave well enough alone the family that abused her. Yeah, you think she'd, like, let that go. She'd be like, man, I don't care. <laughs> Or also, like, it's really not my business to interfere in their lives, but she's like, I'm all about interfering. I'm a meddler. I'm going to make their lives better whether they let me or not. So using her bluebird friends, they steal Anastasia's hat. At the same time, the mice make a show in the bakery and get the baker's attention, and he chases them outside where they run into Lucifer just as the bluebirds bring Anastasia's hat into the square, with Anastasia following closely behind. Is Lucifer just, like, trotting along behind them? He's, like, sleeping on a cart. Okay. They just like bring their cat to the market and then just like let it I go. And they're no like, we'll meet you back Danielle. here in an hour. <laughs> right. Why do they even bring him? I don't get it. <laughs> so the baker and Anastasia stare at each other some more. But then Lucifer chasing the mice startles a horse that rears up and kicks Anastasia clear back into the bakery, oh smashing her ribs, collapsing her lungs and killing her instantly. <laughs> she dies. No joke, a horse kick would kill you. It would, they are dangerous. Yeah, at most, at like, at least you need some kind of medical intervention that they probably did not have then. <laughs> You'd have smashed ribs and punctured lung, that, especially a kick that like, threw her 30 yeah. feet back inside. Yeah, she's in, she's she in major dead. trouble. Absolutely dead, but now she's fine. Somehow just fine, but covered in eggs and flour and goop now. And bruised for the rest of her life. Well, psychically, maybe. She probably has like a, a internal bleeding that she's not aware of when she dies tomorrow Yeah, morning. she'll be dead in four days. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, why is my like leg turning purple? <laughs> anyway, the baker helps her up, but Anastasia is so embarrassed to be covered in all that flour and other mess that she runs off crying. Oh, that's so sad. Cinderella follows her and finds her crying in a fountain in an alleyway, like a fountain against the wall, which, why not? Sure. Fountains and alleyways. Let's do it. <laughs> that's notoriously where you put all fountains. Absolutely. So she approaches Anastasia and tries to encourage her. And Anastasia is all, what would you know? You're beautiful. It's always been easy for you. And Cinderella protests like, I don't remember it being easy. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. I've been locked in a tower for like 20 years. <laughs> But also, to be fair, Cinderella did have a very, like, she didn't do any work to get the prince. Like, the prince is, like, just fell in all over her because of her looks. Like, well, she did no work in that She probably deserves something good after her terrible life. I'm not saying she <laughs> doesn't, but, like, her trying to explain to Anastasia, like, oh, let me tell you how to hook a man when she no, did yeah, literally wild. no effort. Yeah, that's my getting. I'm not saying like she didn't have a hard life, but her dating advice is probably not the strongest. First, you steal a wand from a fairy godmother. <laughs> no, no. First, you get a fairy godmother to magic you into a man. That's all you need. And I'm into a man loving you. Like, she did no courtship, basically. Magic you into a man. That also works. <laughs> and it also works in society. That's actually true. That actually gets you probably out of your predicament, too. 
<laughs> anyway, she tells Anastasia she just needs a little help. And so she invites Anastasia to the castle. She's like, I'll clean you up. I'll get you ready. And Anastasia's like, wait, what about my, my mother? She won't allow that. And Cinderella says, don't listen to her. The baker is terrific. And he cooks too. Although, no, he doesn't cook. He bakes. Gee, Cinderella, get it right. <laughs> Sure, he could bake meat pies or something that they could eat for dinner. You can eat it's bread. still not cooking. With cheese. It's not cooking, Danielle. There's very distinct skill sets and artistries. They are, you're right. That's all I gotta say. Cinderella's gotta get her head on straight. You tell her. I did. So they go back to the castle with the mice and Lucifer following behind, and they're just all into the castle, including the mice and Lucifer, also, which, through um, the front door. Okay, crazy. But also, what is the game plan here? Like, the stepmother doesn't matter. She kind of does. I mean, realistically. <laughs> So apparently, in Cinderella's point of view, and this movie will posit that all Anastasia needs to do is stand up for herself, and the wicked stepmother has no actual power over her, which is not how the dynamic should work I'm in the society, I'm pretty sure that's not how the power dynamics work at all. No, it isn't. But the story is all just like, stand up for yourself and you're fine. Don't worry about Short it. Short of her getting knocked up by the baker, I don't think she would have been able to be with the baker. Unless he <laughs> well, had a lot of money that she didn't know about. I'll point this out later, but Cinderella, as a princess, could have probably have, like, solved this whole problem much more easily like than this weird combo being like, we're putting these two together, and stepmother, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, I'm the freaking princess. If you don't like it, to the guillotine. <laughs> like, speak with the king. <laughs> right? You know? Who won't be around for very long because he has bubonic plague and I will be queen shortly. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't want to see me when I'm queen. But the point is, Cinderella employs none of her actual newfound power to help her stepsister and instead decides to do this weird convoluted plan, which we're going to get into right now. She's not great at being a princess yet. She hasn't quite got the uh, dynamic stone. It's wild. And so they all go back to the castle. And I was going to skip this whole part with like the mice being chased by Lucifer because obviously the mouse and cat antics are just there to pad out the runtime. Mm -hmm. But then Lucifer sees Pom Pom. And things get spicy. Yay, pom pom and Lucifer. Yeah, he gets he is all into her immediately. So everyone in this family, cat included, is love at first sight. Is it Pomifer? Is that their couple name? The ship name is Pomifer. Yeah. No. What is it? Lucipom. <laughs> there you go. That's <laughs> How better is Lucipom better than Pomifer? Because it's funnier to say. <laughs> Whatever. What? What is like Lucipom? That's that's great. <laughs> Uh, however, Pom Pom, not interested. Oh, Pom Pom, what are you doing? Lucifer is a catch. Not uh, is really? he? No. We don't know about him. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so the mice agree to help Lucifer hook up with Pom Pom if he agrees in exchange to leave them alone, like stop chasing them and trying to murder them. What is that? Like, how is that even something they could maintain like if if they got together finally couldn't lucifer just do whatever he wanted <laughs> right i'm like this is an impossible like there's no like treaty there's nothing that can enforce this there's no enforcement mechanism also how funny is it that the cat's name is lucifer hilarious every time i mean i don't know why well we're on the nose there which is great. <laughs> but that's what you name cats that's just like true to yeah. life <laughs> i mean it's funny because like the dog's name i think is like bruno mm-hmm that Which is a name right. for a dog, sure. Yeah, <laughs> and the cat name is Lucifer. Again, spot on name for a cat. <laughs> it's great. So now it's time for a makeover pop song montage where the mice clean up Lucifer while Cinderella tries to stop Anastasia from going too over the top with all like the new dresses and makeup she has. Oh, are they making Lucifer dapper? Does he get a bow? They are. Maybe it's a bow tie, but he gets like his hair parted in the middle, which Ooh, always looks stupid fast. on animals. <laughs> And the song, meanwhile, is singing about how it's what's on the inside that counts. So, message received movie, I guess. That's because it's dealing with Pom Pom, and Pom Pom only sees the insides. That's right. It's the mouse <laughs> inside of Jack. 
So Cinderella then tells Anastasia that the best way to impress the baker is to be nice to him. And great gag. Anastasia's like, mm, maybe we need more necklaces. <laughs> She's like, that's not my skill set. I've been raised by a really terrible human. <laughs> She has a good appreciation of her own skill set, which I like. But no, Cinderella insists on giving her smiling lessons. <laughs> That'll help. <laughs> yeah. So Anastasia smiles at Lucifer, who happens to be in the room at this point, and then Lucifer runs away in terror because of her awful smile. And then Anastasia, <laughs> completely dejected, laments, I make babies cry too, Aww. in just the saddest tone. Poor Anastasia. Again, I don't know whose decision it was to make the Cinderella franchise to have Anastasia the most pitiable character, but I'm so glad they did because it's amazing. It's an amazing <laughs> choice. I feel so bad for her. Yeah. They make her into like the most saddest character and like I feel like she deserves way more than Cinderella. Like Cinderella does nothing to deserve what she's got, but oof. Anyway. It's great. It's such a weird choice to have that change happen. If she ends up with the baker at the end of this, I'm going to assume that's her happy ending and pretend like the third movie is like some weird time loop continuum weird thing. <laughs> Maybe that happened like in the middle of between the yeah, first and something. second. <laughs> so Cinderella also tells Anastasia to stop listening to the Wicked Stepmother. Like, just don't listen to her. And like, if only were that easy, Cinderella, if she could just do that, perfect. But she'll help Anastasia go see the baker and to meet at noon tomorrow in the market and they'll go together. So is she like in a completely new style now, Anastasia? Yeah. She lets her, like her hair out of the braids and lets it down. She's wearing this nice blue dress. She's like completely done up. So she's going back to her stepmother in a completely different way that she st- than she started. And she's just close yeah. to what? Be like, I oh, just was, you know, shopping. <laughs> She like the next day, like Anastasia's like wearing a robe and like hiding her dress that's underneath the robe and like has her hair yeah, underneath. Yeah, but she something. went like, back to her stepmother that same day wearing that outfit. Danielle, I do not. Maybe she snuck in and then like got into like her robe, like oh, I'm not feeling well or whatever. Okay, crazy. Again, I don't think it would have worked, but here we are. <laughs> so Anastasia sneaks out and steal, like knocks the coachman off the carriage and it steals it and heads to town. <laughs> The wicked stepmother sees this, is like, mm, something's up, and does not appreciate that, and like, goes off after her. Uh-oh. The baker, meanwhile, is buying a heart-shaped garland, and later, Anastasia buys one, too, from the same stall. Aww. Oh, that's so sweet. They want to give garlands to each other. So the baker knows she's coming. Well, I think he's, like, planning to go find her at the ball or something and give her the garland. Like, it's like their courtship oh, ritual. That's right, there's a ball happening, ritual. I forgot. Yeah. There's always a ball happening. You just assume there's a ball or a festival or a banquet or a dance or a hoot nanny or something. Cinderella's hoot nanny. Yeah. Cinderella four. Cinderella's hoot nanny. Cinderella four. Hoot nanny in time. <laughs> they go back in time travel. It's a really weird well to go back to. <laughs> so meanwhile, the baker showing off his garland to another girl, whom I'm just going to assume is his sister because we learned nothing about her. <laughs> It's actually his girlfriend. Well, he's asking her, hey, do you think Anastasia or like, do you think she will like this? Because he doesn't know her name because they never talked more than three words to each other. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think she will like it? And just then Anastasia walks by and sees him like showing off the garland to this girl and is like, oh, no, and like turns around and starts crying and runs off and turns around just before she sees the girl, you know, make out with her boyfriend and head off together arm in arm as the baker (laughs) comes after her and like, like, oh, she runs off the baker like chases after her. So... Womp womp. Oh, so sad. Yeah. So Anastasia runs off to go cry by another fountain. I guess it's her thing. In another alley? <laughs> nope, this one's in the square. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Stepping it up. Yeah, I know, right? And we cut to Lucifer courting Pom Pom with the help of the mice who give him a bouquet of fish to give to Pom Pom, which is pretty funny. Solid gag movie. <laughs> There's some good gags in this movie, I gotta be honest. <laughs> Pom Pom, like, stalks around Lucifer, like, sniffs him a bunch and is like, yeah, I'm into this. 
and they like hook up a little bit and they hug. Good. Yeah, well, you know, animals. <laughs> and then through pantomime, suggests that they chase the mice together. So they can't talk to each other, but they can somehow understand all the mice stuff? So the mice, yeah, they can understand the words the mice say, but they have to pantomime to That's each so other. so sad. They can't talk. <laughs> no. Again, I don't know how the animals think the work because they're clearly sentient, but non-communicative. Where the mice are sentient and communicative, I don't know. Mice were just gifted. Yeah. Or like, again, mutants. Who knows? Pudding dreams. You didn't believe me, but Pudding it's true. Pudding All right, sure. Let's do a pudding dreams. So Lucifer immediately agrees. And in the fracas, Pom Pom gets water dumped on her by Jack, which causes like mascara lines to run off her face because apparently she was wearing mascara, which again, another solid joke. <laughs> And it immediately makes her go sour and suffer and dump him for some reason. Like, it's his fault somehow. So sad. Meanwhile, the baker wanders around until he stops to sit by a fountain where a goat eats his garland. There's a lot of fountains. Well, it's the same fountain because he hears Anastasia crying. Okay. Why are there so many? And he goes around to find her cry, and she tries to run, claiming that she looks horrible, but he hands her a flower, the last remaining one from the garland, and they have a moment. Then the wicked stepmother shows up and starts, like, laying into her, like, you can't do this, he's not good enough for you, you need to marry a rich man, you should never see this man again, I'm going to take you from him, yada, yada, yada. Well, Cinderella watches from the shadows, and again, she could have stepped in at any moment and said, hey... I'm a princess, step off, or I'm going to have you clapped in irons. But no, she decides just to watch. Maybe she's still suffering some PTSD from her Cinderella years. Possible, but then why would she feel like, like she can step up to her stepmother? Maybe, but she was so eager to like and cheerful and expresses no emotion besides like a bland happiness <laughs> that I don't really understand her. <laughs> don't she bite me up? Oh, I figured it out. You ever remember like Barbie from those Barbie movies? Yes. Where she's always like blandly happy and like just sort of stiff. That's who Cinderella's personality reminds me of. Excellent. Just like no personality, just happy and like not very expressive. <laughs> so I think my personal favorite Barbie rendition is Toy Story sure. Barbie. I mean, yes, that's everyone's favorite because she <laughs> leads a, re- a rebellion. But everyone <laughs> appreciates that. So anyway, Anastasia finally snaps and stands up and declares that the baker is sweet and romantic, even though they haven't exchanged more than a few words. So I guess she's just <laughs> guessing about all of this. He seems sweet and romantic. <laughs> and the baker's like, oh, she's perfect. I'm like, again, you two don't know each other. Again, they probably touch hands, Sam. I don't know what you well, expect you need. I'm sorry. My mistake. <laughs> And apparently this just is all it takes to get the Wicked Stepmother to back off. She stalks off with a shocked and kind of jealous Priscilla as we fade to the ball with the baker Anastasia dancing and being just so happy. We zoom out on the happy dancers and the ball and back to the book the mice are making. Oh yeah, that. That's the thing. Remember the whole framing device? (laughs) No, I didn't remember that till now. So they finish the book and they rush off to find Cinderella to show her the book. The book of stories from her own life that she then offers to read to them, even though they literally just finished writing it. (laughs) Good job writing. Would you like me to read it out loud to you? That's exactly what happens. That's literally what happens. So anyway, the movie ends with Cinderella reading to the mice by a fire as the fairy godmother sits in her armchair listening to the story that Cinderella is telling the mice about her own life that they told the fairy godmother (laughs) to write into the book. It's a weird Ouroboros. I don't understand it. Oh, meta. It's very confusing. Like, again, uh, maybe this is all some weird, like, fourth wall breaking meta story, and <laughs> Cinderella 3 is the real story. I don't know. Crazy. So we cut to the credits, where the first credit is, I kid you not, directed by John Kafka. Oh. Which, 
Okay. Probably no relation to Franz Kafka, but I like to think that all the insanity of this movie is related to his philosophy. That would explain a lot. It would explain like all the weirdness about like the, the terrible and, and poorly run castle and everything and how bad everyone is at doing their jobs. And all the like animals changing to humans changing yeah. to yeah. animals. Yeah, oh my god, that's definitely true. Oh, oh that's creepy. You got it. So, you know, I like to think that it's probably unrelated, but I like to in my own head make that connection. Also, as the credits roll, a pop remix of Bippity Boppity Boo kind of plays and cites a bunch of the Disney songs. Highly recommend it. Go listen to it. It's a banger. <laughs> On it. Also, also, one of the images shown during the credits is Mary and Jack with a baby. So, you know, Aww. she and Jack got busy. Just one baby? End. Don't they have more than one baby? I mean, there was another mouse holding two other babies. I don't know if that's related, but... How many babies do mice usually have in one go? Like... Five, six, I don't know. <laughs> they just like they, they have only, a litter. They just have the picture of the one. <laughs> this is the best baby. <laughs> this is the only one we care about. I don't know the ins and outs, but that's how the movie ends, Danielle. There it is, done. Wow, that was a wild ride, as promised. Three wild rides. <laughs> so as we get to the end here, we have to finally address is there a theme, a common thread that ties all these stories together, Danielle? Cinderella. I mean, okay, that's like <laughs> the laziest theme. I was thinking something about pom-pom. like body horror. <laughs> Sorry. Not pom-pom. Are you sure pom-pom it's barely... not like pom-pom's evolution? No, she does nothing in the first story. She in it at all? She's chasing no. the mice, isn't she? Uh, In the first story? No. I no longer remember the story, Sam. <laughs> that's the one where she was planning the banquet. Pom-pom is not involved. I don't know if pom-pom was involved or not. Nope. So I'm trying to think like some like body horror because there's a lot of transformation, you're right. And like there's physical transformation and Jack turning into a human. There's also like a personality transformation, like by transforming Anastasia, they change up her look. Maybe it was just a really long uh, advertisement for a company that puts together parties. Oh, oh, it's like a catering commercial. (laughs) Cinderella's Catering Company. Call now. Do you have a ball every day? We can help. Exactly that. Okay, well, Cinderella's long goal. She's done with the publishing industry and making music boxes. Now she's on the catering. <laughs> and, and becoming queen. She's becoming queen any day now when the king dies. That's right. King dies from hantavirus in the pudding. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go, Danielle. Cinderella 2. I don't know how it really fits in the timeline. That still confuses me. Cinderella 3 may undo or precede all of these events in one way or another and i feel like thinking about it just makes my head hurt yeah the timeline of this is very confusing but i am further convinced that cinderella is some kind of sociopath right and also like it feels like these three stories took place three days apart and that there's a ball or banquet every day and that time just has no meaning in this universe that would explain why you know she doesn't use her princess powers because she's probably only been princess for like under two weeks at the point that she yeah that's like what I can figure out. Yeah, none of this makes sense. It's crazy. And like, there's no seasons in this movie either, so. <laughs> well, maybe it was all in the same season. That's what I'm saying. Either it was all happening immediately or there's like a year apart between every story. Anyway, there you go. Any remaining questions about Cinderella and the entire Cinderella cinematic universe? No, I feel like I really need to sit with this and maybe I'll have some questions later that'll come to me in you know, my sleep or something. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, have you out there want to give us your theory on the timeline for Cinderella. Like, if you want to try to lay this out in a way that makes coherent sense and ties everything together, we'd love to hear your theory. So send it to us at bookretorts.com. You can also tweet, Instagram, or Facebook us at bookretorts. And if you want to fund our investigation into the Amelia Bedelia series and who those actors are (laughs) and what happened to them, 
Yeah. We need to know. <laughs> yeah. If this is like a, a, a Amelia Earhart situation where they just vanish and we got to find them. Or maybe it was canceled or something. It didn't actually, you know, come out. Get a cast? Yeah. There's a picture of a of a person dressed as Amelia Bedelia. So they got pretty like fun production still at least. Shot then. of a scene yeah. from the show. Better yet, if you want to help us fund a, an ability to create our own Amelia Bedelia show that we could do as like a gritty reboot of Amelia Bedelia, please, that'd be amazing. Yeah, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's something different. Maybe it's not. You're a still real hung show. up on this, aren't you? <laughs> I am. <laughs> it could. Maybe it's a fake show. Maybe it's somebody's pro- pet project. I don't know. Google, I have not clicked on any of the links, so this is all mystery. Help us solve Danielle's block by giving us the money to investigate this at patreon.com slash book I could also just, you know, click on some of these Google links and see what happens. Well, either way, we'll <laughs> be back free. next time with probably not a lot more Cinderella, but maybe some Amelia Bedelia. Who knows? Who knows? Until then, don't take everything too literally. Uh, Bye. Take care, everybody. thinking about that earlier there was a word i think that was both plural and not plural oh hair that's what i was thinking of hair mm-hmm. because it's like oh like i have to get my hair cut right but that refers to all the hair in your head as a collective right not a single hair yeah exactly but if you like say oh i found three hairs in my sink you refer to them as hairs not oh, yeah, three hair weird. in my sink <laughs> right mm. yeah so it's a collective plural but not individual plural i don't know <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah that's weird yeah I've always thought it was weird that pants was plural. I get that there are two pant legs, but why they're singular a, unit. <laughs> why is it a shirt plural? Like, yeah, yeah like a pair of shirts. Can't, like, you can't just have, like, a pant. <laughs> it's not really a thing. Well, I mean, maybe that's what chaps originally were, because they're half pants. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, but they still call them chaps. Well, S. now they do, but maybe they were originally called pa- a pant. Maybe. I'm sure there's some reason behind that. Maybe, or maybe it's just like, we don't know, English is stupid. <laughs> The guy who who made pants called him a pair of pants, and no one questioned it. <laughs> Just makes it sound like each leg is a pant, and that's not. Well, true. I think it comes from like pantaloons, which are also plural. But why they're similar to pants? But I don't one. think it's plural. It's like saying mathematics, which isn't plural. It's just a word that ends in s. But yeah, that's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> pantaloons just ends in s, and people are like, why oh, is we'll it call not just pants. mathematic? <laughs> It's a distinguish from being, what is that, an adjective? Something can be mathematic versus mathematics as a subject or maths. Well, I mean, that's the British way of saying it. <laughs> I know, but it's also plural. Weird. Yeah. Or like physics, same idea. But the point is some words just end in S, Danielle, and then people think, well, that ends in S, it must be plural. So let's call them a pair of pants when we, when we abbreviate pantaloon to pant. I just think that, I guess maybe because you can't have, a, but you can have multiple pairs of pants and then they're still just pants. Yeah. Yeah. Pants, you're right. Pants. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, because you can't plural a plural, Danielle. Let's not get crazy. We just agreed it wasn't a plural. It's just a word that ended in S. Yeah, but like... Pants I? You can have... Pants They're pants Okay, you were done. <laughs> that's, that's what they are, though. <laughs>
Like, clearly, if pants are going to have a plural, it's pantsin. If I want to use this in our opening, I have to put, like, 20 minutes of backstory. People understand the heck we were talking about. <laughs> that's often the case, Sam. Have you listened to our intros and outros? <laughs> yeah, but some of them at least have some kind of sense. Just you screaming pantsin <laughs> would be the worst out of context part. <laughs> funny. Uh, it's probably going to happen, so, Somebody you know, would like, warned. I feel like that's the kind of thing I could listen to and be like, I wonder if they were talking about the plural of pants. <laughs> <Like, laughs> 